funny things happen and not so funny things happen when we forget to remember. Have you noticed? One young father complained, I don't get it. I mean, I remembered the car seat. I remembered the stroller. I remembered the diaper bag. But all my wife can remind me of is the fact that I forgot the baby. Basically, I have four problems in my life. Uh, remembering, counting, and remembering. Some of you are a little slow. <laughs> I think of the uh, couple in their, in their mid-90s. They were both struggling with memory issues. And so they ended up going to the doctor, wondering if maybe this is physical. The doctor gave them an exam and said, no, you're just fine, but maybe you want to start thinking about writing things down. It might help you. That night, they're watching television, and the husband gets up, and he starts tottering off to the kitchen, and he says, hey, while I'm up, would you like something? I'm grabbing a snack. She says, well, I'd like some ice cream, please, but you better write it down. I can remember ice cream. Well, well, I'd like some whipped cream on the ice cream. You definitely better write that down. I can remember ice cream and whipped cream, but I want some strawberries too. Fine. Ice cream, whipped cream, and strawberries. I've got it. No need to write it down. So he toddles off into the kitchen. And he comes back 15 minutes later with a plate of bacon and eggs. She looks at him kind of funny and says, well, where's the toast? <laughs> Things happen when we fail to remember. Whether it's a birthday or anniversary, there are consequences when we don't remember to remember. Nehemiah chapter 9 takes us to a rather fascinating scene of remembering. Because you brought your Bible, would you open it there to the ninth chapter of Nehemiah? And as you do, I want you to use your imagination. Imagine a foreign nation invading America and winning. Imagine next being on a forced march of hundreds and hundreds of miles far from your home to wherever they're taking you. Uh, your family is gone, your home is gone, familiar people and places and possessions gone. Imagine the shock, the, 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 the reeling sense of devastation. Israel knew that feeling. In 586 B.C., Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar invaded Jerusalem, destroying its walls, destroying its temple. The Israelites were dragged away into captivity, not hundreds of miles, but 1,600 miles away. How'd you like to do a march of 1,600 miles? I'm thinking I'm pretty good at 12,000 steps a day. 1,600 miles? Wow. 47 years later, Cyrus, king of Persia, defeated Babylon and immediately began allowing Jewish exiles to return. Now, 94 years later, Nehemiah, who was the trusted cupbearer of King Artaxerxes, led a group of Israelis back to Jerusalem with one goal, to rebuild those walls that had been broken down. 
despite all kinds of opposition, which we'll look at next week, they managed to rebuild those walls in just, take a guess, 52 days. 52 days. The occasion called for celebration for sure, so Nehemiah gathers the entire group of exiles together. You got to wonder, what did they do at this celebration? What was that like? Well, chapter 9 gives us a picture. Let's start at verse 1. Now, on the 24th day of this month, the sons of Israel assembled with fasting and sackcloth and with dirt upon them. The descendants of Israel separated themselves from all foreigners. And they stood and confessed their sins and the wrongdoings of their fathers. While they stood in their place, they read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a fourth of the day. And for another fourth, they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. Imagine that. These people came dressed in burlap. Nothing says praise and worship like burlap. It's not comfortable. Dirt on their faces. They confessed their sins and their father's sins for one-fourth of the day. How long is a day? For one, a long time. For one-fourth of the day, they read from the book of the law, and from another fourth, they confessed and worshipped. That's quite a service. Let's continue with their prayer. We're going to skip down toward verse 9. You saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt. This is their prayer. They, you heard their cry by the Red Sea. Then you performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his servants and all the people of his land, for you knew that they acted arrogantly toward them. And you made a name for yourself as it is this day. And they all lived happily ever after, grateful for God and his provision, correct? If your Bible says that, you must be reading from the new fibbing translation. The next two verses are at the heart of today's message. We're going to look at verses 16 and 17, skipping ahead. But they, our fathers, acted arrogantly. They became stubborn and would not listen to your commandments. They refused to listen and did not remember your wondrous deeds, which you performed among them. So they became stubborn and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness Gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in mercy, and you did not abandon them. What's the big problem here? It's a tragedy with one primary cause. They did not remember to remember. Verse 17, they refused to listen and did not remember your wondrous deeds which you performed among them. When our son Tim was just a little fellow, he was like all kids, you know. They're hungry, they eat, they go. We'd eat supper, and invariably 45 minutes or an hour later, he would say, hey, when are we going to eat supper? Well, Tim, we already ate supper. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. No, we did Well, what did we have? We had that chicken casserole, your favorite, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did it night after night. See, he, he had forgotten the goodness of his mom. But this was much bigger than a forgotten supper. Just what were these forgotten wonders that we're talking about here? Well, the forgotten wonders God performed for Israel included the wonder 
of turning water into blood. The wonder of frogs appearing by the millions to invade Egypt. The wonder of the plague of lice and gnats. The wonder of millions of flies suddenly descending around Egypt to torment them. The wonder of the destruction of Egypt's livestock. The wonder of boils breaking out on every Egyptian. The wonder of hail and fire. The wonder of locusts. The wonder of three days of complete darkness. The wonder of the firstborn in Egypt killed by the death angel. Wow. That's before they ever left. But there's more. Once they departed Egypt, God somehow split open the Red Sea. So the million-plus Israelites could walk through on dry land, not even get mud on their sandals. And then in an instant, crashing those same walls of water down on the Egyptian army, drowning them all. God created a supernatural pillar of cloud to lead them by day. And should they need to travel by night, a pillar of fire. Amazing. God did this. They actually heard the very voice of God from Mount Sinai. What does that voice sound like? And having heard it, how could you possibly forget it? God supernaturally provided bread for them in the wilderness. God supernaturally created water from rocks. And yet, and yet, the people forgot all this. They did not remember to remember God's wonders in their lives. In the early 1940s, a rabbi in Poland took a daily stroll around his neighborhood, and he was determined to greet every person he knew uh, with a smile and a sincere good morning. And in this way, he made lots of acquaintances. Who doesn't like to be greeted, right? Uh, One of those acquaintances was a neighbor of German descent. Good morning, Herr Mueller, the rabbi would say. Good morning, Herr Rabbiner, the man replied. And then World War II broke out. And the rabbi's daily walks came to a stop. And many non-Jews, including Herr Mueller, donned SS uniforms and were pulled into the war. And the rabbi soon found himself in one of those infamous lines of the concentration camps, Auschwitz, where Diane and I visited just a year or so ago. And there, a flick of the hand towards the right meant life. A flick of the officer's hand to the left meant death in the gas chambers immediately. Well, the weak, frail rabbi was sure to be sent left. But at the front of the line, get this, a flash of recognition crossed his face. Good morning, Herr Mueller, the rabbi said to the guard. Good morning, Herr Ravner. Herr Mueller couldn't help but respond, to the right. The rabbi survived the war. I wonder if he remembered to remember God's wonder in his life. Back to our story, the Israelites. How could the Israelites forget all these wonders we've just talked about? How did the slide begin? Verse 16 tells us they acted arrogantly, They became stubborn, they refused to listen, and did not remember. That was the road. (laughs) 
I'm convinced failing to remember really was the first and fundamental sin. It led them to all the others. But they, our fathers, acted arrogantly. They became stubborn and would not listen to your commandments. They refused to listen and did not remember your wondrous deeds, which you had performed among them. Not from a distance, among them. A forgetful heart is an arrogant heart. This whole slide began with arrogance. A forgetful heart is an ungrateful heart. Hey, when we refuse to remember, how can we be grateful? One leads to the other. <clears throat> I remember summer or so ago, uh, ago, we had four of our grandkids, Lynette's, out with us at the camper. And we like most grandparents want to be sure they have a fine old time. And in the summer, ice cream was a big part of a good time. So we stopped at Culver's, I think, on the way out and made sure they had the kids with the ice cream. And then at another point in the weekend, we uh, were at McDonald's and got ice cream cones. And then I'm pretty sure we went to the camp canteen at one point and got them ice cream. Three times in one weekend. Now, I should point out on Saturday night at the King's Camp, it's a grand tradition, you show up for root beer floats at 7 o'clock. However, we had eaten so late and just finished dessert, we just skipped the root beer floats. Don't you know what happened on Monday morning when Mama asked her four kids, how was your weekend camping? It was good, but we didn't get to have root beer floats. <laughs> Ice cream three other times. A forgetful heart is an ungrateful heart. Well, you wonder what happened when the Israelites forgot God's wonders after leaving Egypt. There are consequences. This is not a lightweight discussion. This is not a hallmark conversation. It's nice to be grateful. No, no. This is deadly. You've heard of 3D television. They had a 4D experience. The desert, delay, disappointment, and death. That is where forgetting took them. On the brink of possessing the promised land, you know the story, they sent out 12 spies, 10 back, brought back a bad report, discouraging the people, decimating their hopes. Two of them were faithful. They believed the 10 and refused to enter the promised land. And that takes us to this scene in Numbers 14. Let me read for you uh, extensively from Numbers 14. God is speaking Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Your dead bodies will fall in this wilderness. And all your numbered men, according to your complete number from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled against me. By no means will you come into the land where I swore to settle you, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Your children, however, whom you said would become plunder, oh, I will bring them in, and they will know the land which you have rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies will fall in this wilderness. Also, your sons will be shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your bodies perish in the wilderness. In accordance with the number of days that you spied out the land, 40 days for every day, you shall suffer the punishment for your guilt a year. 40 years, and you will know my opposition. I, the Lord, have spoken. Desert, 
delay, disappointment, death. And it all happened because they refused to remember the wonders God had performed. Now you ask yourself, doesn't this all seem kind of foolish? What a waste. Doesn't that seem stupid? To me it does. Unthinkable. But I think we have to be very, very careful in judging the Israelites because we must also ask ourselves, what wonders has God performed that I have not remembered? Some years ago, I was up in our attic. We have a pull-down stair thing, like a ladder, but sort of steps. And I don't know what happened, but there at the top of the attic, I loosed my grip on something and fell out of the attic. Footnote, parentheses here. At the age of 15, I had major back surgery to correct scoliosis. I have in my back, cut open from my waist to my neck, two Harrington rods. They're stainless steel, about the size of a pencil, one foot long each. The entire back is fused. It's not a good idea for me to fall out of an attic. If I fall out of an attic, in addition to the regular sprains, bruises, and breaks, those rods could break, either puncturing the skin, ouch, or worse, jangling themselves into my spinal cord, and that could bring about paralysis. Somehow, as I lay there on the floor, nursing my wounds with frozen peas, it gradually occurred to us that nothing had broken. Nothing. I want to ask you a question. How do you fall from an eight-foot ceiling onto a hard floor and break nothing? It doesn't happen apart from the kindness of a gracious God who intervenes for some reason. Unbelievable. And I, I, I want to confess to you this morning publicly, I have not often enough given God the thanks for that wonder. I haven't done it. There is another wonder, though, that I'm working on in a better direction. Driving on the Eisenhower Expressway into the city of Chicago one very cold morning, I managed to somehow hit a patch of black ice. And the minivan immediately spun. It was just whoosh spun and slammed into the cement uh, embankment thing there. Now the rear end of the vehicle is right out in the lane of traffic. Amazingly, amazingly, I didn't hit anyone. Nobody hit me. The van was able to be repaired thanks to insurance, and life went on. Let me tell you something. Every single time I drive by that underpass, I know exactly where it is, I turn the radio off, I pause, I lift my hand and say, thank you, Jesus. So there's one I'm working on. What wonders has God performed that I've not remembered? Maybe you're asking, is this really all that important? I mean, is it really all that big a deal? It is. Aren't you sort of fixed on this? I am. Can you make your case from Scripture, John? I can. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. You shall remember all the ways which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. Psalm 145, 6 and 7. Men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. Isaiah 46, 9. Remember 
the former things long past. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. Acts 20 verse 35, In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. i got to ask you, what wonders has God performed in your life that you have forgotten to remember? The sickness that you worried might be cancer, but wasn't, because God delivered you. That awful financial hole you were sure you were never going to get out of, but God delivered you. That dark time in your marriage you were sure would end in divorce, but didn't because God delivered you. That season you were sure your child had walked away forever from you and from God, but eventually came back because God delivered you. God delivered you again and again and again. And the question is, have we remembered again and again and again? Or did we barely get a thank you off to him? Hmm. Is it possible you and I have forgotten the greatest wonder of all? You and me, sinners bound for hell. You and me, convicted felons on death row. Just started a John Grisham novel last night. The guy's on death row. You and me, our death sentence paid for by somebody else, Jesus. Have we forgotten that greatest wonder of all? Remember to remember God's wonders in your life. He commands it. Luke 22, 19. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is being given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's not to have a little tradition. It's not to check something off. It's to remember him. 1 Corinthians 11.25, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Remember to remember God's wonders in your life. It's not a one and done thing. Thank you, Jesus. It's an everyday thing. It's a lifestyle of, of remembering to remember. On your note page, I've left space for you to list three wonders that God has performed in your life. Now, don't, don't take your pen and say, I'm thankful for the beautiful trees at springtime. Or I'm grateful for my wonderful children. My job. No, no, no. You are writing down specific moments when God stepped into your life and protected, when he prevented, when he provided, and, and maybe you've rarely given it a second thought. This is your second thought. I'm going to pause for two minutes. It's going to seem like an eternity. Two minutes of silence right now to give you time to remember to remember God's wonders in your life. How do you like that? A free in-class assignment. You don't even have to take it home. Just write them down as they come to you. I'm going to do the same starting now.
Some of you are quick, some of you are still writing. Is that list surprising you? I'll never forget the uh, unseasonably cold fall afternoon when Diane and I sat in the office of the doctor and she explained that the spot that they had surprisingly discovered on her kidney was actually cancerous and that part of that kidney was going to have to be removed and and you know how it is when you hear that word, cancer. I mean, we went in just thinking it was a doctor's appointment. And we went out wondering, is this an appointment with something else? And uh, we were pretty, pretty, pretty shaken up. Everybody deals with that stuff differently. My idea was to let it go and think about something else, anything. Let's go to our favorite Mexican restaurant, have a chimichanga. Her reaction was, no, let's, let's go home. No, honey, let's go out. Let's, let's, let's have a nice meal together. No, let's go home. Well, we went home. It was about 37 degrees outside. The thermostat inside was set at about 16 degrees. We heated up some soup, which somehow never got hot. And we're sitting there eating this soup kind of crying, kind of wondering, kind of thinking the worst. It was a hideous, hideous meal, the most rotten meal of my life. And now, here we are, I should have asked her, seven years, eight years after the surgery. By the way, never had to have chemotherapy, never had to have radiation, they apparently got all the cancer out. And here we are. Here she is. Remember to remember God's wonders in your life. It's not a hallmark thing. It's a for real and holy thing. Normally I close my sermons with prayer. Today you are before the musicians come up and anything else happens, we're going to pray silently right where you are here at church, at home. Maybe you want to ask God's forgiveness for not remembering that list you just wrote down. Maybe you want to thank him for every item on that list. Let's pray. I'll give you a moment and then I'll offer a quick amen to close out our prayer time, okay? Let's pray. Oh Lord, hear us as we remember to remember. Hear us thanking you. Help us to go forth remembering to remember your wonders in our lives. Amen. Amen.